<laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thankful and ready for the Word of God tonight. While you're headed back to your seat, shake hands with somebody and greet them in the name of the Lord. And let's get ready to hear from the Word tonight. So thankful. We have had just tremendous Wednesday night services. The Lord has just blessed these young people that have been speaking each week. And uh, the messages have just gone hand in hand. And I tell you, um, even leading into Sunday, Sunday was a tremendous uh, just presence of the Lord in this house. And uh, I hope that uh, I hope that this week that the Lord has helped you to see that you can drink that cup and that you're going to do great things for the Lord. Praise God. And tonight uh, we're just honored um, to have another one of our young people that's going to speak to us and teach tonight. She, she has already taught this lesson for regeneration and just got such a great response from it. So I asked her would she teach that on a Wednesday night so those of us who are a little older than the regeneration crowd uh, could benefit from it as well. And uh, so we're excited tonight for Sister Bibiana. If you'll come on up, let's give her a hand. She's going to teach us tonight. Let's hear what the Spirit would say. Amen. Praise the Lord, y'all. And honestly, praise the Lord that I can even talk because um, at the beginning of the month, I was lucky if I could even drink water. So, but God is so good. He, honestly, I could go on and on about how he's been so good to me, but I did not come to talk about how he's been good to me. I came to talk about something else. Right. <laughs> um, but first, Welcome, y'all, to Wednesday Night Bible Study. Be blessed. Get ready to take notes. Um, thank you, Pastor, for this opportunity. This is not one that I take lightly because, you know, I am accountable for every word that comes out of my mouth, and especially over this pulpit, because I am also representing you. And for the visitors, welcome. Get ready, because the Lord's going to move tonight. Um, and I've just been feeling that. Now, this message has been a culmination of four different sessions for my Next Steps trip. Back in June, I went to St. Louis and just had a phenomenal time, um, and I just really was blessed, and I was like, all right, Lord, I went on Next Steps. So the obvious question was, what's my next step? I am here for a reason. You brought me here. You redirected me from Fiji where the sun was shining and I could get coconut water for cheap. Um, but instead, I go to St. Louis, where the tap water was somewhat questionable and the, and the interstates were terrible. And the Lord just kind of told me plainly, all right, for at least the next year, be here at RAC, work in this field. And I have felt this, honestly, since... Since I've been there, that the Lord is going to move not only, you know, in regeneration when I originally taught this, but he's going to move here in RAC as well. Amen. And he is going to just send in a harvest. And we have to be equipped. We have to be empowered. And for those that, you know, are new to the church, get established because there is a work for y'all to do as Amen. well. Now, before I kind of get into my opening scripture, I want y'all to just kind of have this question in the back of my mind. And for those that have already gotten this teaching, you know, you already know what the question is. But think again, because it might change. Um, what is one thing 
that you can think of, that you can put a name to, that is hindering you from doing what God has asked you to do. So um, the Lord's going to move. I've already seen it in the weather. Um, I saw a lightning strike pulling into the parking lot, and I said, okay, Lord, let's go. Um, And honestly, he's going to empower us tonight, but it's going to take trusting in the Lord and trusting in each other, and it's going to take a little bit of vulnerability, so get ready. Um, If you would turn with your Bibles and stand for the reading of the word to 2 Corinthians 10, and I'm going to be reading from verses 3 through 6. So 2 Corinthians 10, you know, this is Paul talking to the church. Um, And in verse 3 it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. And I'm going to be teaching on spiritual warfare tonight. Um, so be prepared to take notes. It's going to be more teaching, but there's going to be some a little bit of preaching in there. Um, and thank you, Pastor, for praying over this because I definitely need it. It is not something, it's a little heavy subject, but praise God. He is good. All the time, and all the time, he is good. Now, and y'all may be seated. Thank you for standing. Standing for Jesus, really, because Jesus is the word. Um, Now, whether we realize it or not, there is a spiritual realm that we interact with every single day. And, you know, we know that God is a spirit, but we also have an enemy that is a spirit as well, and he is after our souls. He walks around the earth day and night, night and day, seeking whom he may devour, and we call him Satan. And Satan um, wants to steal, kill, and destroy everything we hold dear to us. He wants to do that to our passion, our family, our identity, our confidence, our purity, our calling, our relationships, our heart, and so much more. And if we are to not only survive this life with our salvation intact, but to also thrive, we have to be willing to fight for the kingdom of God, not only for ourselves, but for our families, for our cities, and ultimately the nations of the earth. Because if there's no one to fight, we're just going to lose, and we're not meant to be losers. Um, And however, in order to be effective soldiers in the army of God, we have to know what we're facing. And in 2 Corinthians 2 and 11, it says, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. And we have to know what, you know, who we're dealing with, what we're dealing with. We have to, again, like Paul said, we have to not be ignorant of the, of the devil's devices. And we have to also remember that our identity is in Christ. It's not through our power. It's not through our might that anything gets done. It's through the Spirit of God that dwells inside of us. And like Paul said in Philippians, you know, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So it's not our strength. It's his strength. So be encouraged by that. Now, um, this is a little bit of a foundation 
you know, before we even start preparing for the battlefield, we have to understand how the spiritual realm is set up. And the Lord has set up, you know, this heavenly structure of the left hand and right hand. Um, and it's and the you hear more about the right hand being referenced in scripture. Like, for instance, in the book of Acts, Stephen's like, oh, I see Jesus seated at the right hand of God. Now, that's speaking metaphorically. There is not a literal right hand and left hand just chilling in heaven. That's a little weird to think about, but it just speaks um, about two different things that we need to have set up in our lives. The right hand, for instance, you know, talking about Jesus being seated on the right hand of God, is talking about Jesus having that power, having that authority, and we need to operate in that power and authority. That's where miracles happen. That's where people get the Holy Ghost. That's that praise, but, you know, the left hand, you don't, you don't really hear too much about that. But the left hand represents accuracy and guidance. That's that intimate time with God. That's worship. That's, you know, where you see, like, healing. Not, not like, the working of miracles healing, but, like, just that emotional healing, that relational healing. You see that in the left hand. However, you need both to work together for the kingdom of God to advance. Because if you just have all power and authority, you're just going to go in without any guidance. You're just going to swing blind and it's, you're going to hurt more people and yourself. But if you're all on the left hand saying, yes, I want that knowledge. I want wisdom. I want intimacy. You're not going to go out and do anything. You're just going to sit and do absolutely nothing. And spirit, you know, spiritual warfare in terms of the left hand and right hand, it mainly operates on that right side. But like I said, we need to have that intimacy with God in order to be effective in spiritual warfare. For instance, Joshua, in the battle of Ai, he just, he did not get any guidance in that first battle. He just said, all right, we took down Jericho, on to Ai, and had he not, consul like, had he consulted the Lord before, he would have known that he was, there was a problem. So he went in blind, and they got whooped. So that's an example of it. Now, our lovely enemy, Satan, he um, would be brought to the honor board if he were attending Emmanuel College because he just loves to plagiarize the Lord and copy whatever structures the Lord has made for his own dark purpose. For instance, in Satan's realm, the right hand would be represented by the lust of the eyes, those that are power hungry, those that just want wants what they see. They will do anything to get that power, to get that authority, and it's usually through bloodshed. Now, the left side, you know, where in the kingdom of heaven, it's accuracy, guidance, and intimacy. That's the lust of the flesh. That's the truth being perverted. That's false doctrine coming through and just bad relationships, you know, just chaos. Now, you know, so that we're not ignorant of the enemy's devices, Satan has a certain way of attacking. He'll start with feelings, like, oh, I'm feeling depressed all of a sudden. I'm in this area, and now I'm just like, <sighs> I'm doom and gloom, even though I just had the best 10-piece wing combo of my life. Um, now I'm all depressed and sad. And, and then once he gets you with those feelings and you just start accepting those feelings as your own, like, oh, my goodness, I'm just going crazy right now. Sometimes mental illness does happen. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about spiritual attacks. 
But if you accept that depression as your own, then he'll start lying and saying, yes, Viviana, yes, you are depressed. That wing combo was disgusting. How dare you order those wings, you know, and now you're just going to be depressed forever and ever. Ha ha. And then he'll get to imaginations where he's like, yeah, you're never going to get out of this. I'm going to show you this bleak picture. You're just going to just spiral downward into darkness and you might as well just kill yourself. And it happens like that. But we have to remember that's plagiarizing what the Lord has done. And the Lord's going to give us that gift of discerning of spirit, saying, okay, there is the spirit of depression. And then if we inquire of the Lord, he'll tell us, be like, yeah, so-and-so is dealing with this depression. They're dealing with hopelessness. And then that get, that's where that gift of prophecy comes in hand. It's like, okay, here's how you're going to be able to help them overcome it and get them to where they need to be. So, and I know Jake mentioned it at the NAYC watch party, um, but I just want to restate it. God doesn't want to just use us, because to use us means that there's an expiration date. Now, I know we all have an expiration date, and we have a time that we're going to leave this earth. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, like, okay, I have fulfilled my calling. I have gone on and been a missionary. I am, you know, I've seen this nation saved and living for the Lord, I'm done. I can just sit back and coast my way to heaven. No, no matter what stage of life we're in, we can still work for the kingdom of God because he doesn't want to just use us. He wants to partner with us. And there's a difference because when we're partnering with God, we're working with him. And we can be a lot more effective in spiritual warfare when we partner with God. And... um. Just a little reminder, you know, some promises that the Lord has made to us. And in Deuteronomy 11, verses 22 through 25, the Lord, or this is Moses, you know, talking to the children of Israel, saying, For if ye shall diligently keep all these commandments, which I command you, to do them, to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, and to cleave unto him, then will the Lord drive out all these nations from before you, and ye shall possess greater nations and mightier than yourselves. Every place whereon the soles of your feet shall tread shall be yours. From the wilderness in Lebanon, from the river, the river Euphrates, even unto the uttermost sea shall your coast be. There shall no man be able to stand before you, for the Lord your God shall lay the fear of you and the dread of you upon all the land that ye shall tread upon, tread upon, as he hath said unto you. And in Psalm 145 and 13, David's talking about, you know, the Lord. And he says, thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and thy domain endureth throughout all generations. And this is Bibby's friendly reminder that this land has been promised to us. It has been prophesied that there is going to be a mighty revival in the, in the city of Athens. There has been prophecies and prophecies, and if we believe the Bible to be true, his word is forever settled in heaven, then Sanford Stadium better get ready for revival. Now, and just as God drove out physical nations, we'll be able to drive out spiritual nations 
However, we cannot stop at maintenance mode. We cannot stop at just being like, okay, I've got to work on myself. I've got to make sure I'm good. We, we just have to have that confidence that we're good because the Lord's redeemed us. We have to be willing to sacrifice, commit ourselves, and to give everything that we have to seeing the kingdom of God advance. And we have to remember that the ultimate goal of spiritual warfare, it's not to, you know, be like, ah, yes, I'm going to kick the Satan, punch the devil, or anything like that. It's to see souls saved because spiritual warfare paves the way for salvation. And unless we overcome the spiritual forces of darkness, we're not going to get anywhere. There's no point in trying to just, you know, walk into the city of Athens and try to do a Bible study when we haven't fought against the spirits that are keeping that area bound. And I mean, the Lord can do anything. Don't get me wrong. But it's better for us to just kind of clean things up. Prepare the way of the Lord. And the thing is, God has given us authority over these forces of darkness. But we have to pray, church. We have to take authority over these spirits. All right. Congratulations. You have now received your foundation onto preparation. Now, before you even think about stepping out on the battlefield, you've got to make sure you're, you're right with God. And this is my plug. If you have not been baptized in Jesus' name, please do so tonight because we are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb. That Lamb is Jesus. So if we're baptized in Jesus' name, you're going you're to be an overcomer. Congrats. And then you're going to have a testimony to go along with it. Also, have that Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues. If you're like, yes, I believe in the book of Acts, then do what the book of Acts did. So, and when you have, when you're right with God, everything's going to go smoothly. I mean, smoothly in spiritual warfare. I mean, you're going to fight, of course, but it's going to go a lot better. And that goes to my next point with making sure you're right with God. Make sure you're submitted. I know that's not a friendly word. That's not a good term. But whatever you don't have submitted to your pastor, to your pastor's wife, to the leadership in your life, that's not going to be covered. And that's going to be exposed to the enemy. And the enemy will for sure attack that because he's a lion. Lions look for weaknesses. And the thing is, you cannot just sit back and let a few saints do all of the fighting. I know we have prayer warriors, you know, and that's great. Praise God that that is what they have been called to do. But you cannot expect that few to do your battles. And you cannot say you're backing up your pastor, but you're leaving him stranded on the battlefield and you're making him fight your own battles that you need to fight. Or something even worse, like stabbing him in the back. We've got to be behind our pastor, and not only that, we have to be together. So I, am, I implore, you, implore you, if you have aught against someone, make it right tonight. Because, y'all, the Lord's coming back, and we ain't got time for that. So in addition to making sure you're right with God, making sure you're submitted, make sure you have regular prayer and fasting in your life. It's going to look different for everyone. They recommend one hour of prayer a day. It might be continuous. It might not be continuous. If you only have time for 15 minutes of prayer in the morning, 
and you can add in a little 15 minutes here and there. I'm sure you can because we like to spend 15 minutes scrolling through our social media. I am guilty of that. I can just sit there and be like, oh, wow, where's the time gone? I could have been praying. I, and, you know, I know there are some that cannot fast, like all day, no water, no food. Fast how you need to fast. But make sure you're fasting and praying together because otherwise you're just doing a diet and that's no, there's no point. And, <laughs> come on. <laughs> and... When you are about to enter spiritual warfare, make sure that you not only repent for yourself, but you also repent for the city that you're going to be fighting for. Like Jesus, he said, I believe it was Jesus. Also Stephen, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. Lord, please forgive them. These folks are drinking in bars right this second in the city of Athens. Lord, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And we also have to put on the whole armor of God. And this is the interactive portion of my message. But before we get into the interactive part, let's go to the scripture about what, about the whole armor of God. And you're going to find that in Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to be reading from verses 10 through 18. It says, Paul, and this is Paul, again, writing to the church. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. That is today, by the way. Currently. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye, may, ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Notice Paul said, all saints. So we're going to go through the whole armor, and there are some prayer points, and if you want to take pictures at this time, you are more than welcome to do so. So if my lovely sister could start with, we're going to put on the belt of truth, but we before we get to praying. So some prayer points to go along with the belt of truth is to help me, me, myself, me, Bibiana, to know the truth about you, Lord. And the scripture references, you know, teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. Because the thing about Roman armor, you know, at that time, that was their, they had to protect their center. And if we center ourselves with the word, we're going to be able to stand a whole lot better. And if we can go on to that next point, if everyone has gotten that. Okay. Um, help me to know the truth about your word. We have to be convinced of ourselves that, you know, the word is a lamp to our feet, a light into our path, that we can lean on that word and that that word is forever settled in heaven. 
and help me to understand the truth about myself. We have to understand that our identity is in Christ. We have to understand that the Lord knows us and he hears our cries. And that even though we are in the heat of battle, that we are not alone. Because the Lord is not just going to be like, all right, all right, Debbie, go out on the battlefield with your armor. You know, you have fun. I'll see you on the other side. No, he's going to go in there with me. And if you can go on to the next point, help me to know the truth about others. Not everyone is against me. They're, no one's out to get me. Contrary to what my own mind says, there are people that actually love me. So, yes, we have to recognize those lies. And we need to have those eyes of understanding so that we can help one another. And I'm going to ask that everyone, you know, lift your hands. And we're going to put on the belt of truth and pray those prayer points. Jesus, I thank you so much for this armor. Lord, I put on the belt of truth. Lord, help me to know the truth about you. Lord, help me to know the truth about your word that is forever settled in heaven. Lord, help me to understand the truth of what you say about me, Jesus, that I am not alone, that I am here for a purpose. Lord, help me to know the truth about others, that I am to be united with them, to let brotherly love continue you and I thank you Jesus Mm. thank you Jesus for your truth Mm. and now on to the breastplate of righteousness um and in Psalm you know 51 and 10 David says create me in clean heart O God and renew a right spirit within me and I am going to reference Sister Annabeth's message from that first week in August. If you have stones that you've just kept in your heart, drop them. We don't need that extra weight. We don't need that. If, if anything, when we drop it, we're going to run a whole lot faster. And also, if any sins that you see in your life, name them, claim them, give them to God. I'm not saying, ah, yes, just come up right now and confess them to me. I am not a priest. I mean, I am a part of the royal priesthood, but we don't do that. Um, we don't do, I don't do that. <laughs> and for that, you know, when you, when you stand praying, forgive. If you have aught against any, that your Father, also which is in heaven, may forgive your trespasses. So... If you have unforgiveness in your heart, now is the time to forgive because we cannot take unforgiveness into the kingdom of God because our Lord will not forgive us. And that is a very, um, that's, that's a hard truth, but we've got to do it. Got to drop the stones. And if we can go on to the next point, bind and loose. If you have fear in your heart, bind it in Jesus' name, loose love in its place. And we'll get more about binding and loosing later on. You know, the Lord said, whatever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, loosed on earth, loosed on heaven. So, or anything like that. And like I said, forgive, forgive, forgive. If you learn nothing else about the breastplate of righteousness, get your heart right and put on the righteousness of God because there is none that is righteous but the Lord. So let us go ahead and put on the breastplate of righteousness. Jesus created me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. 
Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that any fear, that any anxiety within my heart right now would be bound. Lord, loose your love, loose your peace over my heart right now in the name of Jesus. There is none that is righteous but you. Let your righteousness be upon me right now. I thank you, Jesus, Lord, for what you are doing right now. Lord, any stones that I might have held on to, Jesus, any grudges that I might have held on to, I drop them right now in the name of Jesus. I forgive those, Lord, that have hurt me, whether intentionally or unintentionally. I forgive them right now, Lord, and I pray that you would forgive them and that you would have mercy on them. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Now on to the helmet of salvation. So we need to plead the blood of Jesus over our mind, our soul, our body, will, emotions, and subconscious. In Revelation 12 and 1, you know, it says that we are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. So we need, we need to have the blood of Jesus applied to our lives. And, you know... Like also with submission, whatever you don't plead the blood of Jesus over in your lives is going to be exposed to the enemy. Now, the, refer the scripture that I read earlier in 2 Corinthians, personalize it. For though I walk in the flesh, I don't war after the flesh. The weapons of my warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down any imaginations in my head, every high thing that tries to exalt itself against God. I'm going to pull it down. So, and with, you know, casting down imagination, cast down all the lies over your life. Because our mind plays tricks on us. It says, you're going to be alone, baby. Who are you to be behind this pulpit? You're not even that funny. <laughs> yeah, it is. But, I mean, the lies can get crazy, and we can get ourselves wrapped up in lies about ourselves, and we need to be able to recognize that and be like, no, I'm actually funny. I am not alone. I am loved of God. If no one else loves me, God loves me. And we need to be able to cast down those lies, you know, and also lead, direct, and guide my mind. We need to put on the mind of Christ because... My word, if we don't, we're just going to be looking at people like, mm. sorry, for those in the back that couldn't see, that was the up, down, like, mm. let me walk across the street. And also, we need the mind of Christ to help bear our cross, to die to ourselves. And, you know, in Psalm 23, it says, he restoreth my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. So with that... Let us put on the helmet of salvation. Jesus, I plead your blood right now over my mind. I plead your blood over my body. I plead your blood over my soul, over my will, over my emotions, over my subconscious right now. Lord, anything that is not covered by your blood in my life, I cover it now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I might be walking in the flesh, but I do not war after the flesh. For you said it yourself that we do not fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Lord, any lie, Lord, that I might have believed, I cast it down in the name of Jesus. I am not alone. I 
am here with you. I am worthy of this calling that you have given me. Oh, Lord, lead, direct, guide my mind today. I put on the mind of Christ. Help me to look unto you, Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. Help me to walk the straight and narrow. Help me to bear your cross, Jesus. Help me to drink that cup, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And now... We're going to take on the shield of faith. And we need to ask God to help us use that shield to quench the fiery darts of the enemy. Because they are coming. They have been coming over the past few weeks, for me, at least for me. The past few weeks, I feel like I have felt a little fiery dart. But that's because I haven't prayed on the armor. So it hasn't been covered. But not only that... Um, you can go on to the next point, sis. Um, help me to stand in unison with my brother and sister to fight the enemy. Because back in the Roman days when Paul was writing this, the Roman shields would be able to interlock so that they could essentially form a turtle shell and they could be able to better defend against the, um, against the enemy forces. And that's why I'm going to repeat myself. So if you're needing confirmation, I don't know, someone might need confirmation whether here or on the podcast. If you have aught against your brother, deal with it tonight or your sister. You know, the Lord knows, you know, is not a respecter of persons. So if you have aught, deal with it tonight. Stand together with your brother and sister and your pastor and let's stand together and fight. Because like what Brother Blash said on Sunday, what do we look like to the enemy when we're fighting each other? So, and not only that, these, shield, these Roman shields were pretty large, like probably taller than I am tall, and I am about five four and a half. Um, but a prayer point is to help my shield to be a defense for someone who cannot fight for themselves today because there are some that cannot fight for one reason or another. They are just too weak to fight or they're just babes. We're not going to send babes out in the battlefield. No, we're going to protect them. And that's what faith is. That's what that shield of faith is for. So with that, we're going to pray on the shield of faith. God, Help me to use the shield of faith that you have given us to quench the fiery darts of the enemy. Lord, help me to stand in unison with my brothers and sisters in Christ to, today to fight the enemy. Oh, Jesus, help me for when I do not understand what you are doing, just to stand, Lord. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Help me, Lord, to use my shield to be a defense for someone who cannot fight for themselves today. Let it cover them today in the name of Jesus. Let it block any fiery dart coming against them right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, for that measure of faith that you have given us. Even if it is as small as a grain of mustard seed, I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. And then we will be putting on the sh shoes of peace. And for that, God direct my steps today. 
Our steps need to be ordered of the Lord. And let me walk in peace with all men. If you have aught against your brother or sister, make peace with them. Walk in peace with them, even if it means tolerating them. Walk in peace. Let brotherly love continue. We can help me to go where you want me to go. And that also includes doing what you want me to do. Lord, am I going to take this way to work? Am I going to go to this gas station today? Because who knows, there might be someone that needs to talk to you. That includes those divine appointments, and we need to be able to keep them. Like Paul's trip to Philippi. Wasn't planned, but it was a divine appointment, and souls were saved. So you never know if you hear that nudge that says, go into Kroger after church tonight and go to this certain register. Who knows? You could, who knows? You could be talking to the next evangelist, che- checking out your groceries. You never know who you're going to come in contact with. So that's why we need the shoes of peace. And also, it's interesting to note that peace are our shoes. Even in the midst of storms, we can stand in the peace of God. That's that peace that passes all understanding. Even in the midst of COVID, and for me personally, you know, losing a loved one to COVID, that peace of God will keep you. Especially when you're hearing of other people. Because while I was on my trip, just to be transparent with y'all, my great uncle passed away from COVID. And yes, I, you know, I cried a little bit. I was like, man, I'm all the way, I'm like 10 plus hours away. I can't be there with my family, but I had the peace of God. So with that, let us pray on the shoes of peace. Lord, it is written in your word that our steps are ordered of you. Direct our steps today, Jesus. Let us walk in peace with all men today. Lord, help us to go where you want us to go. Lord, help me keep those divine appointments. Let my ears be finely tuned to the whispers, Lord, of your voice. Lord, to speak to whomever you want me to speak. Lord, to do whatever you want me to do, Jesus. I trust in you, God. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that your peace that passes all understanding would be loosed in this place right now, that we can walk in peace no matter the circumstances, no matter what we're going through, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And now finally, our only weapon of offense, the sword of the spirit. That is the word of God. Prayer points, let me love this book enough to get it into my mind. In Proverbs 3, it says, you know, write it on the tables of my heart. You know, let your word, let your word come out of my mouth. You know, let it come back to my mind by way of remembrance. And, you know, let that word be hidden in our heart that we might not sin. I can tell you from experience, there have been times that I, I was not in a good place. I was just like, Lord, I'm about to go off on this person because they have gotten on my last nerve. They are stomping on this last nerve. And the Lord said, walk peaceably among all men. And I said, okay, Lord, I'll trust in you. Have mercy on them. 
Help me to have mercy on them. So with that, and also it is important to note, we do not use the word just to use it. While it is written that the word is a two-edged sword, it pierces hither and yon, yon and hither. That's just me paraphrasing Hebrews 4 and 12. If we do not use this word correctly, it is not only going to hurt someone else, it is going to hurt you as well. So keep that in mind when you're wanting to use scripture out of context. We don't want to do that, but we just have to make sure we know the word. For any questions about a scripture, please contact your local pastor. If you are in regeneration, contact your local youth pastor. Amen? Amen. Let us pray on the sword of the Spirit. Jesus, I take on the sword of the Spirit. Lord, let me love this book enough to get it into my mind and into my heart that I might not sin against you. Lord, write this word on the tables of my heart. For when I am weak, Lord, you are strong. Bring back to these scriptures to my mind by way of remembrance. Lord, whenever I need it, Lord, let your word come out of my mouth, Lord, to encourage someone, to love someone, Lord, to lead someone to you. Let your word come out of my mouth not my words but your words Jesus I thank you Jesus again for your word that is forever settled in heaven your word that can be used in any situation Jesus whenever I need it thank you Jesus congrats guys we're ready for battle this is just preparation so when um when I talked about this to regeneration, we talked about prayer walks. You do not have to be in regeneration to go do a prayer walk. However, I do recommend that you go in pairs because Jesus sent out his disciples by twos. So if you're going to go on a prayer walk, go by twos, sometimes more if needed. But if, you know, you're like, ah, yes, I feel this burden to pray, you know, to war in the spirit for the city of Athens, make it's kind of cool to do some history work of the city because, if you feel a certain thing, like if you go, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure where, I haven't gone on a prayer walk in a hot minute, full transparency. But if you go to a certain place and you just kind of, for instance, at UGA, if you go to Memorial Hall, you just kind of feel kind of like an icky feeling, like this spirit of perversion. If you do a little bit of work into what Memorial Hall is, you'll find out that the LGBT Resource Center is there. Kind of makes sense. Um, and when you are praying over the city, if you are not in the city, you know, if you're not actively prayer walking, have a map of the city laid out to help you pray over the city. And make notes of whatever you discern. Say you're on Broad Street, downtown Athens. You're walking and you're praying and you just you feel something. I, I can't name a feeling, but you just kind of discern something like, huh, something just feels off. Make a note of it. Because more than likely, what you are feeling is not you. It is normally some spirit that's just hanging out on Broad Street. And also, it is important to know, I have said it before and I will say it again, we don't have to do this alone. We should not do this alone. We can ask God to send his angels to help. Because, you know, he can send his warring angels to put the fear of us, the dread of us, to the enemies in that area. And then we can ask him to send out his ministering angels to help prepare the way to see people saved. And also, I will kindly remind you all that we need the wisdom 
to work together with God. So now that we've prepared, you know, we've done our work, we've put it on our armor, let's go to the battlefield, shall we? Now, there might be times that, you know, you're here at church at Monday night prayer meeting and you just feel that warring spirit come upon you. Yes, that is effective. War in the spirit, wherever you war in the spirit. However, there is something about actually walking the land and claiming territory for the Lord. For instance, a few years ago, the field, we did a Jericho walk around about the majority of UGA. We didn't walk around all of UGA because that would be like 20 miles, maybe. It was just four miles that we walked. And at the end of that Jericho walk, at the end of that seventh lap, when we shouted unto the Lord at the arch, there was a shift in the spirit. And it's honestly, it was the most surreal thing because it seemed like time just kind of stopped because we proclaimed the name of Jesus over the university. And we actually all walked through the arch because we're like the superstition, like, oh, if you walk through the arch before you graduate, you're not going to graduate on time. Nah. <laughs> yeah, no, we're like, eh. I was like, I've already graduated, but let's go, guys. <laughs> Y'all going to graduate on time, fear not. And when, you know, like I said, when you begin to pray over, you know, for instance, in the city of Athens, have that map in your mind. And if you, you know, can't think of the map, you know, or if it's like, okay, I'm not sure how these streets connect for whatever reason, have a map before you. Whether, I mean, you have a map on your phone. You can just kind of zoom in and out as you will. And as you begin to pray, you're going to start seeing those dark places of obstruction and the light places of intercession. And it's important to note that we need to be able to discern whatever the Lord wants us to do. Does he want us to, you know, bind, bind that spirit, loose whatever? Or does he just want us to loose his love? Because one of the biggest mistakes of spiritual warfare is to take too much on. Do not go looking for the devil. Doing that will be like kicking a hornet's nest with one foot while your other foot is standing in the middle of a fire anthill. So if you can just imagine what that would feel like, terrible. Fear not. Um, because when you are in the Lord, when you are working for the Lord, the forces of Satan will come to you. Because you're of greater authority. And they're going to try to scare you and try to talk you out of it like, ooh, like, maybe not like that. Like, <laughs> but they might try to keep you up like, oh, yeah, get ready. I'm big and bad. And I'm like, the Lord is infinitely bigger than you. Shut up. Let me go to sleep. <laughs> it has happened to me. That I was in my apartment at UGA, and I'm trying to sleep, and I just remember kicking something. I guess that was a spirit. I don't know. I just went back to sleep. And that's the thing. When you are just right with the Lord, living in that peace of God, ah, that sleep, is just, that sleep just hits different. And also, like I said, not everything that you feel is you. Sometimes it is you, but, you know, if you're doing spiritual warfare prayer, it's not going to be you and it's not going to be from God because God is not going to transmit something to you that goes against his word. Like if you're going on a prayer walk and I'm like, ooh, I'm afraid. I have like crippling anxiety right now. Why would the Lord give you crippling anxiety? That's not of God. You know, and you might feel it, but don't allow it to stick to you. Sever it, rebuke it in the name of Jesus, move forward. 
Or, you know, if you, sometimes it happens. We're all human. You know, mistakes happen. Um, and like I've told my students in classes, we learn a lot more from our mistakes than our successes. Um, yeah, and sometimes we do let it stick to us. Just repent. Be like, Lord, I'm sorry for letting this stick. I sever it right now in the name of Jesus. I rebuke, it. I rebuke you. Shoo-shoo. And, yeah, so make sure you've repented, you've put on the armor um, before going on a prayer walk because that way you can be most effective. You can have on that mind of Christ. You can be able to discern what's going on while you're prayer walking. And Jesus um, said it so eloquently in Matthew 16, verses 18 through 19, and, you know, he was talking to Peter, um, and I, this is Jesus, say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. It's important to note that when it's talking about gates, what do you think of when you think of gates? You think of keeping things out. You know, like, don't come into my house. Don't come into my backyard. The gate is meant for a defense mechanism. It's meant to keep people out. So when it's talking about the gates of hell, it's talking about keeping the church out. And the thing is, Satan's gates are not able to keep us out from going into hell and setting the captives free. In fact, the gates are unlocked because Jesus took the keys. <laughs> so, so, yeah, keep that in mind. You have power and authority. We have that power and authority to speak and command those evil spirits to come out. And the thing is, the enemy understands who you are and that you have power over him. That's why he fights us. If he's fighting you, congrats. You have power and authority, and you are on the right path. That sounds weird to say, like, I thought it was going to be a bed of roses and baby deer licking your kneecaps. No, <laughs> no, it does not. But um, trouble don't last always. So just know that we, you know, pastor preached this, I don't even know at what point, since I've been here, but he said, you know, we have copies of the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and we can go and set those prisoners free, and whatever we open, you know, whatever the Lord opens cannot be closed, and whatever we close cannot be opened. Now, in John chapter 12, verses 31 through 32, um, Jesus is talking, and he said, now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, Jesus, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. So, that's kind of, he's talking about displacement. One thing has to be removed, and once that one thing has to be, or once that thing is removed, it has to be replaced by something. And as we're conducting spiritual warfare, we are going to be casting out Satan's kingdom, but we have to make sure we're replacing it with the kingdom of God. That's God's intention for us. You know, and the thing is, the world just seems to be getting darker and darker by the day, even by the hour, it seems like. But no matter how deep that darkness appears to be, it's not a substance. Light is a substance. And that light that we have, or that we ought to have, 
is going to drive out that darkness. So when we're advancing the kingdom of God, just know that as we're advancing, as we're moving forward, that darkness is being driven out and that it's being replaced by light. It's being replaced by something of substance. Because some people are like, oh, well, I just, I love the dark. You know, the dark loves me, whatever. It, it has no value. It's not a substance. So that's why, you know, we can survive on Jesus. Because it's substance. We need light. And, you know, like I said, when we preach the gospel, we are displacing that darkness and bringing in light. And... When you go into spiritual warfare prayer, you know, we start binding things. You know, I bind fear. I bind anxiety. I bind this, that, and another in the name of Jesus. Whatever, you, whatever evil spirit you have just bound, you have to replace it with something good. Because we cannot afford church to have spiritual power vacuums. Because like Jesus said in the parable, we're going to have something seven times worse come on in. So, for example... Um, and if, you need, and if you need a resource on spiritual warfare prayer and on binding and loosing, I recommend Spiritual Warfare Prayer by Judy Dowdy. It's available on Pentecostal Publishing House for like $7. Or if you come early on Sundays at 930, it's in the women's war room. So come early, church. Men, you, you can come and borrow it too. It's not just for the ladies. The men also have to fight. So, for instance, if you're experiencing that fear, you know, it is written in Scripture. God did not give us that spirit of fear. So you bind that spirit of fear, and then you lose love, you lose power, lose a sound mind. Or a spirit of heaviness. You lose the comforter, that comforting spirit. You lose the garment of praise. You lose the oil of joy. If you are, you know, thinking, oh, there's a lying spirit, lose the spirit of truth. And a lot of these... Um, and if you want to take a picture of this, I can um, let you take a picture of these examples after church. Um, or like a spirit of infirmity. Loose the spirit of life. Loose the gifts of healing. If, if you don't know what else to loose when you're binding something, loose the Holy Spirit. He can do a whole lot more than you can. And honestly, it's not us doing the work. It's Jesus. So, like I said, as we go into the city of Athens, as we go into whatever cities that we happen to live in, it doesn't matter how deep that darkness is because, you know, Jesus is the light of the world. And if Jesus lives in us, then, you know, we got to let our sh light so shine before men. So wherever we are, that darkness is being displaced. That darkness has to move because we're of greater power and authority and Honestly, as it begins to reach people, because people are going to be able to see it, especially with how dark this world is, you know, people are going to be like, ooh, they're going to be like moths to, to light bulbs. They're going to be like, ooh, shiny light. And then they're going to experience it. They're going to be like, wow, I've been missing out all my life. I can see. And it's going to move across the city and beyond. Because who, I mean, there are international students in Athens People from all over the world are in, in the University of Georgia right now. And the thing is, church, as we're on the battlefield, keep in mind we are not going with the spirit of fear or a spirit of weakness. You are not weak. You don't have to be afraid. 
I keep seeing these references. Um, I haven't actually looked it up for myself to verify it, but they said there are 365 references to the Lord saying, be not afraid. For every day of the year, the Lord is saying, don't be afraid. So we don't have anything to fear. I mean, yes, there are times that we are afraid, but that's why David said, what time I am afraid, I will trust in you. And sometimes we have to remind ourselves of that. And, you know, there are times that we are weak in our bodies. For me, for instance, there was a period I was so weak. It hurt to, I couldn't even talk. I could just sit in church and just be like, hey, guys, how you doing? And that would even hurt. But I had to remind myself that I am not weak. Yes, my body might be weak, but my strength comes from God. So now that, you know, the battle's been won, we have the victory, come off the battlefield. We eventually have to come off the battlefield. If not, we're going to get hurt. Um, After, you know, you've done your spiritual warfare prayer, and especially when you are leaving the place where you've just prayed, make sure you sever yourself from that place. Because if not, the spirits that you went after will try to come after you and your stuff. And that's not fun. And I actually had that happen to me. I um, was somewhere and I was like, I bind that spirit of fear in the name of Jesus. I lose, you know, love, power, sound mind, whatever. I leave the place. And I go home, I'm laying in bed. And I just hear this random noise, and it's probably just deer just hanging out in the front yard, snapping tree branches. And I am, like, awake, like, oh, my goodness, someone is out. They're they're at my house. They're going to kill me. What am I going to do? And then the Lord reminds me, Bibby, your cat is asleep beside you. He is not bothered. And I'm like, you know what, Lord? I don't have to be afraid. I bind fear right now in the name of Jesus. I lose peace right now. I lose your love. Pet my cat. And I go to sleep. Because it does not have to be that complicated. So don't overcomplicate it. Don't take too much on. And also, if there was anything that you have discerned while on a prayer walk or while you were just praying over the city, make a note of it. Make a note of the location. You know, talk with pastor about it. Be like, you know, pastor, I've just noticed that there's this anger in this certain part of the city, you know. And that's where the history work comes in. Because a lot of times if you experience anger, there might have been innocent blood that has been shed. So there's a whole lot more I can say on that, but I will not. Um... But also make sure you spend some quality time with the Lord because you've just been out in battle just being like, ah, ah, you know, fighting with the sword, swinging and whatnot. And we have to remember, like in Exodus 14, 14, the Lord shall fight for you and ye shall hold your peace. And when it comes to edifying yourselves and building yourself back up, Jude had this to say. He said, but ye beloved, building yourselves on your most holy faith, Praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. So we have to keep ourselves in the love of God. We have to hold on to those mercies that are new every morning. Because it is because of those mercies that we are not consumed. So we have authority and power given to us by Jesus. It is up to us to look to him for strength, knowledge, and wisdom. And again, in case y'all forgot, we need to partner together with Christ to advance the kingdom of heaven. Now, 
We have some reminders. I only have like two pages of notes left, so fear not. So this is Jesus before he ascended. He said in Mark 16, verses 19 through 20, So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up in the heaven. Sorry, this is he was ascending. I apologize, y'all. Um, he, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God, you know, sitting in that authority and power. And they, being the disciples, went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. So when you go and preach the word, know that you're going to see signs and miracles. I don't think it should be a surprise that we're like, oh, we've prayed. Um, we've prayed for this person to be healed. And then guess what? They're healed. And the thing to note is that in order for signs to follow, we have to go. We cannot just sit where we're at. And as we take that gospel and begin to preach it, people are going to be changed and transformed. And wherever you are, the kingdom of God is with you. And people are going to notice. I remember way back in the dark days of Wendy's, after church, um, one of my co excuse me, one of my coworkers, this was after like, I don't know what, I guess the Lord moved like he normally does. And, you know, we're just like having a grand old time. And my coworker's like, Bibby, y'all just have something about you. Like, you just have this light about you and y'all are just so happy. And I'm like, yeah, we're happy. <laughs> We've got the joy of the Lord. It's the Lord. So use whatever opportunity you can to preach the gospel. And it doesn't have to be, I mean, Bible studies are needed. Bible studies are great. But sometimes it's just like, yeah, guys, three weeks ago I could not talk. But look what the Lord has done. I've been able to lecture. I've, I'm able to teach right now. And glory to God. And, you know, like I said, wherever you are, the kingdom of God is with you. And wherever you are, the kingdom of God is reigning. You're not running from anything because if you look at the armor of God, there's nothing for protecting our back. Suggesting that we are not going to be retreating. We're going to be advancing. We're going to be moving forward. And like I said at the beginning, spiritual warfare sets the stage for revival. Because the kingdom of God is coming in. And it's better to work with God and his armies. So we're going to go forth in Jesus' name, expand the kingdom of heaven, and we're going to go in confidence that we are taking territory for the kingdom. So um, this is something that I did not say um, in regeneration. This was something that the Lord kind of spoke to me, and I felt led to share this with y'all. There are those in this room, whether you know in this room or listening to this on the podcast, that are in the valley of dry bones. There are those that are drying up. They feel hopeless. They feel like they can't get out. Or they're, you know, they've just been fighting and fighting and they've grown weary. But the thing is, we're not meant to stay in the valley. Um, you know, in Psalm 23 it talks about, you know, we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And like I said, we have to go in order for science to follow. We have to storm the gates of hell for our prodigals. We have to storm the gates of hell for our families, for our schools, for our city, for the nations of the earth. The thing is, the gates are unlocked, and they cannot withstand the church. We just open the gate, walk in, 
grab your prodigal, and come out. And now let's go back to that question I had posed earlier. What is that one thing holding you back from doing what God has called you to do? Because he has called each and every one of us to do something. And if you're like, well, Sister Bibby, I'm not called to preach. I'm not called to, um, to do, like, missionary work. I'm not called to be an evangelist. You're called to go and preach the gospel. It's the, commission, the great commission, not the great omission, as someone once said. Go preach the gospel to every nation, baptizing him baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost, and that's the name of Jesus. So if nothing else, go tell someone about Jesus. That's what you've been called to do. We've been called to fight. And the thing is, for a hot minute, the thing that has been holding me back is insecurity and anxiety. Like, I, if you had asked me a year ago, Bibby, are you going to teach? I'd be like, oh, no. <laughs> I hate talking in front of people. No, I get nervous. Who am I, someone who has only been in the church for six years, who am I to teach someone about Jesus? But I know what Jesus has done for me. He's brought me out of darkness. He can bring y'all out too. And the thing is, we have to call those things out. We have to call out that insecurity, that anxiety, that inner critic, bind them in Jesus' name, loose the things of God over ourselves, and if we don't take care of what's wounding us, if we don't drop the stones, if we don't drink the cup, if we don't have that fear of God, how can we expect to be any more effective for the kingdom of heaven? And, you know, before the music comes, I don't want any music right now, but I do want us to stand um, because I want us to get real with God. For real. Like, and sometimes it's not pretty. Spiritual, it's warfare is not pretty. And there, and I've been praying about this. I was like, Lord, you you gave me the stream that I'd be preaching this to REC and regeneration. You know, what is some and there are some things, some specific spirits that I want us to pray about. And there have been some things that have tried to come against this church. Um, and really I've kind of felt that since before. And during, you know, before I left my trip to St. Louis, um, and these are like three particular spirits that I, I've kind of just sat, I think it was like after an altar call one Sunday, and I just sat there, and the Lord's like, all right, we're going to pray against this. So we're going to pray against a backsliding spirit. There's a great falling away, and I am sick and tired of seeing my brothers and sisters falling by the wayside. There's a lying spirit that's aiding that backsliding spirit saying, you don't have to come to church. You know, forsake not the assembling of yourselves. We need each other. Why would it say let brotherly love continue if we're not going to assemble? We need this truth. This is our weapon. And if we say, oh, you don't have to read your Bible, you are fooling yourselves. And then there's also that spirit of weariness. And the Bible says, let us not grow weary in well-doing. And I have seen, <laughs> I have seen these spirits attack some of my closest friends. And they're not here. They left while I was gone. And that made me so mad. Not at the person, but at the devil, because how dare he? 
How dare he steal, kill, and destroy my friends? Church, we have to be sober. We have to be vigilant. There is an enemy out there after us. And if we're not fighting, if we're not coming against that enemy, it's going to come and get us. I'm not trying to scare us. I'm not trying to do that at all, but I'm trying to warn y'all. And, I mean, it's been repeated over and over. So out of the two or three witnesses, let it be established. Jesus is coming back. And this verse, these set of verses came to my mind in Matthew 24. Um, verses 22 through 24, Jesus is talking about the end days. And he said, and except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Then if any man shall say unto you, lo, here is Christ or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders. And so much that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Now, I want us all to come to the front. We have to be unified in the spirit. And I want us to be unified in the spirit tonight. And, you know, I've already told um, Regeneration this. You know, if you've received this training, I want you to be active in altar call. But I want us to move forward in what God has for us. I want us to take care of these things that have been holding us back. Jesus, right now in the name of Jesus, I rebuke and I curse that backsliding spirit. Get your hands off of my brothers and sisters in Christ. I loose, Lord, your spirit over my brothers and my sisters right now in the name of Jesus. I curse that lying spirit right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I lose your truth over them right now. Lord, this life is worth living. Lord, it is written that if you had said it, you will perform it. Lord, it is written that your promises are in him, yea, and in him, amen. It is written that the Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count as slackness. Oh, right now I come against weariness. Lord, let our rest be found in you. Jesus, Lord, I come against this anxiety right now, this fear. I rebuke it right now in the name of Jesus. And I loose your love. I loose your sound mind. Let this mind be in you, which is in Christ Jesus. This word is forever settled in heaven, church. We have to cleave to this word. Lord, right now, let your truth be loose.
Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Y'all can continue praying if there are things that you need to take care of. And I implore you to take care of them tonight. Thank you, Jesus. If you want to find a place in the altar and spend a few moments praying, so many things you said needed tonight that we would clear ourselves. We cannot be forgiven if we don't forgive. We need to ask God to search our hearts and search our minds. We used to pray and preach and sing that a lot, search me, Lord. But people got afraid of that. They got afraid to say search me because you really you don't want anybody to see some things, but God sees it all anyway. But when we say that, Lord, search me, know me, well, the Lord knows you already, but when you confess that and profess that, you're, you're letting him know, I'm not going to ever try to hide anything from you, Lord. I want to be open with you. I want to be honest with you. The Bible says there are many spirits going out into the land. That's the truth. And they're not out there to, to just entertain. They're out there to, to distract and to destroy. But we don't have to be afraid of that because greater is he that is in you than he that's in this world. You can trust the Lord. You can trust him with your life. So we're, we're not just going to sit back and do nothing while this world is changing like it is. We're going to fight. The Bible says we would be good soldiers of Jesus Christ. and So we're going to fight. It's going to happen. So before we do dismiss, I know we've prayed. We've had this great teaching, this word. Everybody that would, just find a place in the altar for a few moments. Lord, let this word go into good ground in my heart. And if you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, you've been thinking about being baptized and giving your life to God, we can baptize you tonight. If you need the Holy Ghost, the Lord fill you with His Spirit tonight. The Lord loves you. God loves you in this house. Let's pray for a few moments, saints. Receive the word of the Lord that went forth tonight. In Jesus' name.
scripture says with with him all things are possible so you've got to believe with Jesus it'll happen well I tell you the Lord's doing a work in this day and these this month of August these Wednesday nights these young ministers have just done a, a tremendous job and I, uh, you know maybe you know what we sister Bibi was actually supposed to be like the first Wednesday night I think I think I had her for the first Wednesday night but maybe it wasn't ready for the first Wednesday night we I hope the Lord didn't give you jaw pain to, to reserve you till <laughs> to the end of the month but maybe it was the rest of the messages need to be had to be preached to set us up and get us ready to remind us uh, to put on that whole armor of God and then go out and do the work of the Lord I can tell you this, the Lord loves his people. And I can tell you this, the Lord loves all people. Yeah, he died for all of us. Died for those with, there's people you don't know that he gave his life for. And many times we just, we count ourselves out. How could God care about me? How could God even think about me or use me or even consider you know, somebody posted a, a question on Facebook the other day. They said, what, what are you going to ask?